Well, it is a really old story that one of my old pastors used to tell, but it's perfect for this message. A man was heading to an important business meeting, and he has to catch a water ferry to get him to the island where his meeting is going to take place. And uh, he wakes up late, and then he runs into some traffic, and he begins to panic knowing that if he misses that boat, that he will lose his job. And when he gets to the dock, he sees the boat a little ways uh, from the dock, and he runs as fast as he can, and he gets to the end of the dock, and he takes his briefcase, and he throws it, and it lands on the deck of the boat, and then he leaps for the boat, and he catches the edge of the boat just with his fingertips, and he manages to pull himself onto this ship. And uh, there is a deckhand standing there, and the deckhand says, wow, that was really incredible. I have never seen anything like that. And um, the deckhand says, but why'd you do it? The guy said, oh, well, you know, I've got this big meeting, and if I miss this ship, then, you know, I would miss that meeting, and I would lose my job. And the deckhand said, well, that was one of the most incredible things I've ever seen in my life, but this boat's coming in the dock, not going out. Well, there's a lesson there. We can expend a lot of energy. We can do some really incredible things, but if we're heading in the wrong direction, it'll all be wasted. It'll all be wasted. And so it's important in the life of our church and in the life of each of us that we make sure that we're heading in the right direction. And the good news is that God has promised to guide us forward. In Psalm 32, we read, The Lord says, I will make you wise and show you where to go. I will guide you and watch over you. And one of my favorite promises is found in Isaiah chapter 30 where we read, If you go the wrong way, to the right or to the left, you will hear a voice behind you saying, This is the right way. You should go this way. Now, I guess we should pause for a minute and ask ourselves, if this promise is true, and it is, why have I ended up going down some wrong roads in my life? Why have I ended up going down some wrong roads? The quick answer is, we've let other voices get so loud in our lives that we can no longer hear that voice of God saying, not that way, the right way is over here. So I've been working on quieting down my life to ensure that I always hear his voice guiding me. But our theme verse for the series doesn't just say that God keeps his promises. It says that he fulfills them through Jesus with a resounding yes. And Jesus backs that up with what he says in John chapter 10. He said this, For a shepherd comes through the gate, the gatekeeper opens the gate for him, and the sheep hear his voice and come to him. And he calls his own sheep by name, and he leads them out. He walks ahead of them, and they follow him, for they recognize his voice. Jesus says that a sheep will recognize its shepherd's voice. And I saw this demonstrated several years ago in a pretty dramatic way, not with sheep, but with camels. I watched as about... 20 camel owners were standing in 
different areas with this group of camels kind of in the middle of them. And then all of the owners started making their special sound or their special uh, words to their uh, camels. And some whistled and some made clicking noises and one sang and uh, most called out uh, a few words and the camels separated and each one went to its uh, own uh, owner following his voice. And Jesus leads us because we learn to recognize his voice. We learn to recognize his voice. But Jesus also leads us through the Holy Spirit. That's what he said. The Holy Spirit is that part of God that comes to live inside of us when we become followers of Jesus. Look at what Jesus said about how the Holy Spirit leads us in John 16. When the Spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own, but he will tell you what he has heard. He will tell you about the future. He will bring me glory by telling you whatever he receives from me. So God will guide us forward when we listen to his voice and when we listen to his spirit who guides us into all truth. But there's always some fear as we move forward, isn't there? I mean, we wonder, what if I didn't hear God quite right? I mean... What if I just wanted that to be the message and just kind of thought it was from God? What if I didn't quite hear God right? Or what if we fail at what we think God is calling us to do? Somebody asked just the other day if we have a plan, if we move into this new big building with this new big debt and no one new comes, what are we going to do? Or what if there's a financial crisis that hits? I have nightmares about that. I do. I have nightmares about that. But we believe with all of our heart that God has led us to this place. And, you know, we said for years, I said for years from this very platform, that we wanted to attempt something so big for God that if God didn't show up, we would fail I think we're doing that. What do you think? And God has shown up. He has shown up in incredible ways at every step of the way. He has shown up sometimes just in the nick of time. We wish he had shown up a little earlier sometimes, but he has always shown up. And I know that God is leading us forward, and I know that our success has only come will only come when we rely on God, when we trust Him completely, and when we let Him lead us forward. So let's spend the next few minutes that we have looking at ways that God is moving us forward as we move into this vision that God has for us and has placed before us. First, He is moving us forward with commitment. He's moving us forward with commitment. The commitment of uh, people during this project been great. I mean, we have had individuals and groups step up and do all sorts of things, tearing down bleachers and researching things and moving offices and cleaning and so much more. And I'm thankful for all of that, but I also want it to continue. I want it to continue 
to be the hallmark of our church. I want people in our community to continue to see us as people who serve, as people who serve others. Look at this passage from 1 Corinthians chapter 4. It says, people should think of us as servants of Christ, the ones God has entrusted with his secrets. Now, in this way, those who are trusted with something valuable must show that they are worthy of that trust. We are the servants that God has trusted. We are the servants he has trusted with this vision of providing a place for our community to gather all week long and build relationships with each other and then a place where they can come to the same place on the weekends and build their relationship with Jesus. And since he has trusted us with that vision, we need to show that we're worthy of that trust. We all need to be trustworthy servants. And we need each impact member and regular attender to make some commitments to let God move us forward together. Let me quickly go through a few personal commitments that you can make. And uh, notice there should be a box next to each one that you can check off the ones that you have made or that you're willing to make. First, make a personal commitment to prayer. Personal commitment to prayer. We have bathed this entire move and this entire project in prayer, and we need to continue to pray that God will lead us, that he will do miracles through us. We need to pray for those that he is going to influence, but also pray that God will show each of us who he wants us to invite and how he wants to use us. Prayer is where we express over and over and over again how much we need God and how much we trust him. Second, we need to each make a personal commitment to flexibility. To flexibility. One of the things that I can promise you is things are going to change. Things are going to change when we get to our new location. It will look different. It's going to feel different. It's not going to feel like this place at all. And some of the differences you will really like. And others, you probably won't. So you will need to be flexible. You'll need to be flexible. The other thing that I know is once we get there, we will figure out that some of the things we thought would work won't. And we will have to change things rather quickly. And so let's just all plan right now to make a personal commitment to just being flexible, to being willing to change. Generosity is another commitment we each need to make. And many of you made a generous commitment to our Unstoppable campaign. And it's been about six months. And this is the time when some kind of begin to let their commitments slide a little. They get interested in other things. And we just can't do that. We need to keep our commitments. Others of you are new to impact. And you weren't part of the Unstoppable campaign. We would love to have you join us by making a commitment. And if you just write unstoppable somewhere on your welcome card, uh, put it in uh, the offering in a little while, we will set a time to meet with you. And honestly, I should tell you that one of the tightest and most stressful areas right now is our finances. So let's continue to be generous and committed. And the last personal commitment that we each need to make is participation. When you show up each weekend, I know it may look like all of the bases are covered and uh, that we have 
plenty of people serving and that we really don't need people to serve, nothing could be farther from the truth. We need each person to step up and participate. And so if you aren't in a ministry, why don't you talk to one of our pastors or talk to Nikki Funk, our director of volunteers, and we'll help you get plugged in or just write, I'm ready to serve on your uh, welcome card and we will contact you. A few other ways you can participate as we move into this is you can make a commitment to attend all three services for a few months, all three weekend services to help welcome people and make sure that our guests uh, at every service see an excited congregation of people welcoming them. You can also be a part of what we're calling the bullpen. We're going to have a group of people each week who aren't serving anywhere specifically, but who are willing to just be put in wherever they're needed most. You might get sent to the parking lot to help direct cars, or you might be sent to help with uh, impact kids. We just want to have people ready to stand in any gaps we find. And I should mention to you that all of our elders have made both of these commitments that we've just talked about because we have awesome elders here. We have awesome elders here. Now, if you want to be part of the bullpen, you can just write bullpen on the welcome card. We're having you write several things today, aren't we? But uh, Or you can contact Nikki about that, too. Now, maybe you think that we're just asking thinking that right now, can I ask you to check your heart on that? You see, God has given you a purpose to fulfill in this life. He's put you here to fulfill a purpose. And He may be nudging you right now to try to move you forward by increasing your commitment level. Look at this scripture from Philippians chapter 2. Yes, it is God who is working in you. He helps you want to do what pleases Him. And he gives you the power to do it. Let's move on. Secondly, he's moving us forward in unity. He's moving us forward in unity. Now, when I bring up unity, people think, oops, oh no, there might be some problem somewhere in the church. And that's why Steve's slapping people around here about uh, unity. And as far as I know, there is no problem in this area. 100% of our elders and 100% of our staff are 100% united behind this vision and direction, and we all believe it's from God. And as far as I know, there isn't any disunity brewing anywhere else. But my experience is that any time God is about to do something big, Satan attacks. And where Satan attacks is from the inside, not from the outside. He tries to put problems in our relationships with each other, and disunity creeps in. Oh, it can start with someone's feelings getting hurt about something really small, or someone reading some book or hearing some speaker and thinking there's a better, more spiritual way to do church than what we're doing. It can be when something changes in a way that we don't like or a way that we question, and instead of going to the leaders that God has appointed, we start discussing it with our growth group or our friends. And Satan has a way of creating conflict in churches and destroying unity. And that's why we need to pay attention to this area and heed what Ephesians chapter 4 says. Look at what it says in 
always be humble and gentle. Patiently put up with each other and love each other. Try your best to let God's Spirit keep your hearts united. Do this by living at peace. All of you are part of the same body. There is only one Spirit of God, just as you were given one hope when you were chosen to be God's people. We have only one Lord, one faith, and one baptism. There is one God who is the Father of all people. Not only is God above all others, but He works by using all of us, and He lives in all of us. Now, our unity is in the fact that we're all part of one body, and we're following only one leader. And sometimes people want to know who the leader of our church is. We just read it. We have one Lord. God is above all others. Jesus is the leader of this church, and unity is the way of Jesus. Let me say it clearly. Disunity is never from God. It, it, in fact, God's anger burns against disunity and division. It is never godly to talk negatively without talking to the leaders who are in the decision-making role. Now, I'm not saying that we can't have different ideas. We don't have to have uniformity, but we do have to have unity. None of us always gets our personal preferences, including me. You will probably see that in a pretty dramatic way in our cafe. Because it seems Pepsi gave us a better deal than Coke. But you see, we can have different preferences and still have unity. It's all in how we deal with each other and respect each other. I get that some of you might not be real excited about this move. Can I just ask you, if that's you, could you respect others by working hard not to ruin it for the people who are excited about this? Can I ask you to not ruin it? See, unity is a pretty important way that God uses to move us forward. There is power in uniting together to accomplish God's purpose. In fact, Jesus prayed for us to have unity. Look at what he said in uh, his prayer in John 17. I pray for these followers, but I am also praying for all those who will believe in me because of their teaching. That's us, folks. Father, I pray that they can be one. As you are in me and I am in you, I pray that they can also be one in us. Then the world will believe that you sent me. Did you catch it? We become like Jesus when we become one with each other. And it's after we become one with each other that the world begins to believe in Jesus. That becomes a pretty important thing. So let's got, let God move us forward in unity and let's look at one more. He's moving us forward for influence. I want you to hear a testimony again today about how God has used us as a church to influence people. Will you welcome Lisa Heisley to the stage? Hi. I've lived in Moon Township all of my life, and I was raised in a Catholic environment. I never truly had a relationship with God, although I did believe in Him. In my late teens, I stopped going to church because I just didn't 
get it, and it just didn't make any sense to me. Later, after marrying my high school sweetheart, I started wondering about God, and I decided to start investigating other churches in the area to see what they had to say on the subject. West Hills Christian Church was one of the churches that I checked out. My interest was piqued, but again, I stopped going to church. Flash forward to about 2009, 2010. I was still married to my high school sweetheart, but I began experiencing horrible, crippling anxiety, the kind that takes everything you have to leave the house every single day. Nothing I did to try to control the anxiety worked, and it was all about control for me. One Sunday morning, something told me to go to church. West Hills popped into my mind immediately because of that seed God had placed 27 years earlier when I had stopped by. I was terrified, I was anxious, and I was scared. And I was greeted by joyful, happy people when I came in the door, which I didn't know that there could be joyful, happy people at church. Just saying that. (laughs) I sat in the back, and I was trying to control my anxiety and control the urge to get up and run out. Then a band comes on the stage with guitars and drums and a bass and keyboards, and they started playing. And there was a band in church, right? I was singing praise songs, even though I'd never heard them before. Out walks Steve Hammer, who delivers a message about fear, anxiety, and control, about turning control over to God and submitting and following Jesus, who I admit I really knew nothing about. God was talking directly to me through Steve, right here, over here. (laughs) And I felt hope. Over the next couple months, impact introduced me to God, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit. And I fell in love. It blew my mind. I turned my life over to Christ and was baptized and began following Jesus. And guess what? The crippling anxiety started to ease away. I wanted to serve him and was so happy and find my place in guest services, the creative team, and helping serve communion. I was blessed to help people as they prepared to enter the baptistry and to be there waiting to hug them as they came out as a new member in our family of Christ. My life was changed, but my heart was still heavy because my high school sweetheart, my husband, Bob, was not a believer. He questioned everything about God in the Bible, and he wouldn't go to church except on those special occasions. And as we, But as he started meeting everybody here at Impact, he realized that they were just normal people like him. He started attending more. Soon I would find him reading the Bible at home. Right before my eyes, Bob was becoming a believer. Together, we joined our growth group, and God was definitely at work. He placed godly men right in Bob's path. Men that were normal guys who who were not perfect, had struggles, had questions, but they loved and followed Jesus. And during a message Steve was giving about what it means to be baptized, I literally watched a physical change fall over my body. His whole body relaxed. He let out a big sigh. And he gave a little smile. And it was at that moment that my husband accepted Jesus as his Savior and he decided to follow him. Right here in that seat in this front row. That week, with just a few people around, one of 
those normal godly men, Dale Lowry, baptized my high school sweetheart, my husband, and our lives were changed and we never looked back. So I have to admit that I'm sad about leaving this building. This building has been a second home. This building is where Bob and I met Jesus. This is where I met the most amazing, loving people. This building, where I've had so much fun working on it with our creative team on stage sets and props. This building where twice we built homes in the parking lot for people in need. This building where we have worshipped, had fun, had car cruises and spa days for single moms, Behold the Lamb and Catalyst. This building where we have watched loved ones be baptized, dedicate children to God, get married, and where we pray for our nation in times of crisis. But then I remember it's just a building. All the love in this building is going with us because it's from Jesus and all the people here at Impact. It's not the building. I'm so excited to get to the landing so that we can all share the love with a whole bunch of new people. I want to be the one that welcomes someone joyfully in the first time they wander in. I want to, and I can't wait to see that person out there who is struggling with control and anxiety, to wander in and meet Jesus and fall in love with him just like I did. And I can't wait to see that change and hear that sigh and see that smile on someone's face when they finally let go and give their lives to Jesus just like my husband did. So God's on the move, and he's taking us with him. He's working through us to reach out to hundreds, probably thousands of people who have not yet met his son Jesus. So let's think about that for a minute. God is taking us with him. It blows my mind. We have a lot of exciting times ahead of us, so let's try not to be too sad about leaving this building, and let's boldly go out there and spread the love of Jesus to everyone who walks in the doors of the landing. Thank you. Thank you, Lisa, for sharing your story and uh, your encouragement about influencing others like you and like Bob. I can't wait to see how many lives God touches through this vision that he has given to us. Let's always remember why we are doing what we're doing. It isn't to be a big church. It isn't to have a cool building or to make a name for ourselves. What we are doing and what we have always done is all about people. It's all about people. And people are our priority because they are and always have been Jesus' priority. Look at what it says in Matthew chapter 9. And what a pity he felt for the crowds that came because their problems were so great and they didn't know what to do or where to go for help. They were like sheep without a shepherd. The harvest is so great and the workers are so few, he told his disciples. So pray to the one in charge of the harvesting and ask him to recruit more workers for his harvest field. Jesus sees thousands of people in our area who need him and he wants to use you and me to influence them. And he will continue to use our weekend services and our growth groups and our PAP student ministry and our Impact Kids ministry.
all the other things we already do for him here. He will use our online campus as it gets up and running and uh, other campuses around the area as we can restart that part of our vision in the future. But he has also called us to use the building that he has given to us to reach out to the community all week long, to reach out to people one by one as we open the doors and provide a safe and family-friendly place for people to bring their kids to play on the play area or the turf field or to have a baby shower or a birthday party or to just grab a sandwich and a cup of coffee and hang out with friends. And we believe that hanging out at the landing will make it easier for them to ask questions and to decide to come try our church and meet Jesus in the process. So God is moving us forward for influence because he plans to continue to use us to change the hearts and lives of people in this community, but in new and different ways. And it starts with each of us inviting the people in our line of sight to come try out our church. You don't have to preach to them about Jesus. Just say, you know, my church is doing something really different. Why don't you come with me and check it out? And invite them to our first services next weekend. Or invite them to one of our five Christmas Eve services on Christmas Eve weekend. And if you're not sure about inviting them to a church service first, then invite them to one of our other events. Invite them to the Mandy Harvey concert, and Bill will be in the lobby with some flyers if you want a way, an easy way to do that. Or invite them to join you for coffee or a meal at our cafe. By the way, don't do that yet, because, well, if you do, if you invite them for coffee or um, a meal, bring it with you until after Christmas, because the cafe won't be open until after Christmas. But um, but invite them to have a meal with you after the cafe is open. How's that? Let me give you two other simple ways that you can uh, be used by God to influence people. First, on the weekends, practice the three-minute rule. You can start this one today. I mean, here's the rule. For the first three minutes after service ends, you aren't allowed to talk to anybody you already know. If you already know them, you can't talk to them right after services. Try to talk to someone who is new or who you don't know. I mean, they might be somebody who's been attending for a while, or they might be someone who's here for the first time. And you can say, hi, I'm Steve. Well, use your name, not mine. Hi, I'm so-and-so, and... Have you been here before? And if they say no, you can say, well, welcome to Impact. And just small talk with them and uh, answer any questions that they have. Maybe introduce them to a few of your friends and tell them that you would love to see them back next week and uh, you would be glad to sit with them in church if they want. And it doesn't have to be a long conversation, but just make them feel like someone noticed that they're here and someone would be glad to see them come back. But you're thinking, okay, but what if they say, if you say, have you been here before? And they say, well, yeah, I've been here for a long time. You can say, well, I thought you looked familiar. Right? And then say, but obviously I don't know your name. So what's your name? You know, and you can get to know them too. So first on the weekends, practice the three minute rule. Secondly, during the week, you can influence people if you serve as a host at the landing. We are scheduling staff and volunteer to be at the landing all hours of
of the day that the landing is open, just to be friendly faces, just to be available to help people and answer questions and welcome them. You won't be asked to hand out tracts or share the gospel with people. That's not what we're doing. You won't be uh, security. You won't be policing the uh, uh, people that are there or you know, yelling at kids to get off the grass. Um, that's why it's there. Your job is going to be more like a Walmart greeter, just to smile and say hello and be a friendly face, and we'll train you on this. But we need people from 8 o'clock in the morning till 9 o'clock at night, Monday through Friday, and until 2 o'clock on Saturdays, and I think it's going to be a really fun job. I think it's going to be really fun. And if you can help us with this, just write host on your welcome card or talk to Pastor Bill. Well, we're at the end of this series that we've been going But I want you to look at our theme verse one more time. And this time, let's look at the entire verse. It says, For all of God's promises have been fulfilled in Christ with a resounding yes, and through Christ, our amen, which means yes, ascends to God for his glory. In this series, we have looked at seven promises God made in the Old Testament and then fulfilled through Jesus with a resounding, enthusiastic yes. And we've focused on the first part of that verse, but the second part of that verse is important too. Because all of God's promises have been fulfilled through Jesus, because God has kept his promises through Jesus, through Christ, now we should be saying yes to God. We should be saying yes to God for his glory. Today, where should you be saying yes to God? It might be one of those areas where we talked about you writing a word or a phrase on your welcome card. You know, unstoppable if you're ready to join us in generosity. Or I'm ready to serve if you're ready to volunteer. Or bullpen if you will be here uh, and let us use you where you're needed. Or host if you can give us a few hours each week to be a friendly face. But maybe you need to say a different resounding yes today. Maybe you need to say yes to Jesus for the first time. You can talk to me or Pastor Bill or any of our pastors or talk to the First Step team that will be here by the piano after the service. Be sure, though, to say yes to Jesus today. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Thank you. Thank you for leading us forward. Thank you, Father, for taking us places that without you we would fail miserably. And, Father, as we move forward into the vision that you have given to us, we are trusting you. We are depending on you. Father, we are moving forward with commitment. We are moving forward in unity. We are moving forward for influence. And Father, if you won't go with us, we don't want to go. But Father, we don't want to stay behind when you move forward. And so Father, in you, we move forward together. Father, I thank you for each person here and pray that you will show them where you want them to say yes to you today. In Jesus' name.